a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's 7 o'clock on Utah's Morning News. Good morning. I'm Tim Hughes. And I'm Amanda Dixon. KSL's top story on the 7 o'clock report. It's a developing story. The family of a man killed in an officer-involved shooting in Farmington released a statement overnight, and it's clear they're very upset and angry at the officers involved. KSL News Radio's Adam Small joins us live with the details. Adam? Amanda, the family of 25-year-old Chase Allen released a strongly worded statement saying, quote, they've learned more from media coverage about what occurred than anywhere else. The family says they were not given next-of-kin notifications, the opportunity to see Chase, and they called the officers who shot him murderers. Farmington Police Chief Eric Johnson says shots were fired outside the Farmington Post Office during a traffic stop where police claimed Chase was non-compliant with orders to get out of the car. Other than that's how we train, and I know my guys, and if they fired shots, I'm certain they were in fear of their life. Among the questions still looming include why officers were told over scanners to turn off their body cameras after the shooting. Johnson told KSL-TV it's standard procedure to turn off their cameras when a scene is secure. Reporting live in Salt Lake City, Adam Small, KSL News Radio. We have some breaking news. The investigation just getting underway after a man who crashed his car overnight died. West Valley Police Sergeant Geierman says when officers arrived, they found the man had been shot. We pulled him out, tried life-saving efforts until fire took over and transported him to the hospital. He was pronounced deceased at the hospital. Because the investigation is just starting, Sergeant Geierman says they're not sure if the man was shot before or after he got in the car. Cedar City residents are outraged over the way police officers handled students' reports of a gun on campus. Details from KSL-TV's Matt Rascone. From the perspective of police and school officials, the response to an alleged gun incident at Canyon View High School went smoothly. My officers worked tirelessly. To, to make sure that we had the school safe. But it didn't take long during the Cedar City Council meeting to see. I wish we were celebrating right now because this, this happened perfectly. No one else was celebrating. This is a total failure. What did you do to protect them? You guys are getting pats on the back, but I don't see it. On Monday, a student told the school resource officer that an hour earlier, a teen had pointed what looked like a gun at him. The officer went to the parking lot and checked surveillance. Matt reports the school did not go on lockdown until the next day when officers arrested the suspected teen at his nearby home. The state's first gun-sniffing dog and his partner are hard at work in the Granite School District. We get details from KSL News Radio's Don Brinkerhoff. Officer Garrett Penrose and Canine Bold have been at work in the Granite District since December. Bold is trained to smell and follow the scent of gunpowder. District spokesperson Matt Sampson tells KSL TV they're hoping the partnership will be a deterrent. As the public and as students see 
that Officer Penrose and Bolt are out at our campuses and searching our parking lots, that they will think twice about being foolish enough to bring a weapon on campus. Officer Penrose says Bolt has also helped calm students who were experiencing a crisis. Don Brinkerhoff, KSL News Radio. Eye on the Hill 2022, Utah lawmakers are speaking out about a bill that passed through the legislature that effectively bans all abortions in the state with a few exceptions. Bill's sponsor, Republican Representative Carrie Ann Lisenby, says the law bans abortions at clinics. It really isn't restrictive. We are simply saying by this law that we will no longer license abortion clinics because we no longer allow abortions in Utah after the injunction is lifted on our trigger law. Democratic Senator Jen Plum opposes the legislation, saying it will keep people who need abortions from getting them. To have a hospital-based procedure is probably going to cost somewhere between ten and $20,000. You have to have the quote-unquote qualifying reasons. I mean, there are a lot of, of ways that people can be denied. All Senate Democrats voted in opposition to this legislation. It now heads to the governor's desk for a final signature. Utah will soon have a new flag. Debate over the decision for a new banner got uh, pretty heated at times. Senator Dan McKay got emotional while taking uh, talking about the journey to finally make the new flag. Some opponents of the flag say they're worried it's disrespectful to Utah history. But McKay says he hopes these people will give it time to embrace the flag as a new opportunity to... Uh, identify Utah to the rest of the world. Be sure to keep your radio tuned to KSL News Radio all afternoon as the legislative session heads into its final hours. We will be broadcasting live from the state capitol during Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news, and we'll keep you updated as the bills pass or fail to pass on the House and Senate floors. Let's get that first look traffic check here on the 7 o'clock report. Back to Andy. So far, so good. No crashes yet on the freeways that are affecting drivers, causing any kind of slowdowns. Big and Little Cottonwood Canyons are both open and without restriction this morning for the first time this week. If you're going to Park City, roads get wet on I-80, but even they're starting to improve after the early morning snow. I'm Andy Farnsworth in the KSL Traffic Center. KSL's top national stories this hour. It took a South Carolina jury less than three hours of deliberating last evening to find former South Carolina attorney Alex Murdoch guilty of murdering his wife and son. Happening this hour, the court will reconvene for sentencing. ABC legal contributor Brian Buckmeyer says the former attorney faces decades behind bars. Best case scenario, Alec Murdoch can do 30 years in prison for both charges. Even though he can serve 30 years individually, he's probably hoping that those charges run concurrently or at the same time. We will break in once the sentence is read in the courtroom. Congress is conducting an ethics investigation for New York Republican George Santos. ABC's Faith Abube tells us both Democrats and Republicans agree his admitted lies and finance need a closer look. The House Ethics Committee has voted unanimously to investigate Santos. A separate subcommittee was also formed because of just the sheer number of allegations, which include whether Santos lied to the House in his disclosure statements and accusations of campaign finance violations. Santos says he will cooperate with the investigation. The Justice Department has arrested two Kansas men on allegations they illegally exported aviation-related technology to Russia and provided repair services for the equipment. The two face a long list of charges, including conspiracy, exporting controlled goods without a license, and smuggling. The U.S. has drastically ramped up sanctions and financial penalties on Russia since its invasion of Ukraine. 
Tensions remain high in East Palestine, Ohio, a month since the toxic train derailment. City residents say they're still afraid to live in their own homes. ABC's Derek Dennis reports on the town hall meeting with EPA officials and reps from train operator Norfolk Southern. Despite officials declaring the water and air safe, neighbors say they're still experiencing headaches, stomach issues, and coughing. I'm begging you, by the grace of God, please get our people out of here. Amid calls for new rail safety measures, Norfolk Southern has now agreed to a request from Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to join the so-called close call reporting system, which allows employees to confidentially report safety concerns. Norfolk Southern says they have used confidential reporting in the past. King Charles will travel to France and Germany for his first state visit since becoming monarch, underscoring Britain's efforts to build bridges with its European neighbors. Buckingham Palace says the king plans to celebrate the nation's shared history and values, commitment to environmental preservation, and cooperation on the war in Ukraine. Four more space travelers are now aboard the International Space Station after a SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule docked this morning. Here's what it sounded like the moment the four boarded on NASA TV's live coverage. The International Space Station now a crew of 11 crew members for the next week. You know what it's like when you get family visitors you haven't seen in a while? Yeah. Imagine when you're up there in space and somebody <laughs> nice shows to see you. new faces come in the door. That, by the way, is Mission Control Commentator Rob Navius. Call it a sign of the times. ABC's Daria Albinger has more on a profession that is slowly fading away. It was once a tradition for busy businessmen and women taking a quick break for a shoe shine. Well, now the practice is losing some of its luster, exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic, remote working, and the popularity of more casual workwear. The rag-toting shoe shiner, often a mainstay in office buildings and at mass transit stations, is becoming more of a rarity, and many stands are disappearing across the country. S.C. John which makes the shoe polish brand Kiwi, says it's planning to stop selling the brand in the United Kingdom due to a drop in demand. Daria Albinger, ABC News. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.